Okay. Hi, guys. So yesterday we were learning about the idea that the difference between faith and trust, that faith is the conceptual idea that we believe that everything that happens in this world happens due to the will of God that this should happen in the world. But that trust means something more than that. And trust means it's not the conceptual idea when everything is going great in our lives and we're happy and the economy is going great, family's doing well, and we get to send our kids to school every day. That's, that's easy to have faith in God that everything is coming with a plan from God. The question is, what happens when it's not just the little thing, when all of a sudden things are happening that don't seem as good as what we perceive or what, what exactly we, we personally would have uh, voted for if we had the right ability to vote for our uh, destiny? And then do we still believe that God is indeed in charge of the world? And do we still have trust that this is part of his plan and that whatever happens this is part of his plan? That was the conversation that we ended with yesterday. And I think... I think it's something that, especially in the Bay Area, you know, the rest of the country has been booming up until now. And things have been going very, very well. You know, things have been an upward trend in terms of people's businesses, things of that nature, stock market. And now all of a sudden, things are on a downward skid. And the question is, how do we react to that? And do we think to ourselves, well, is, has God lost control at the wheel? Or do we say to ourselves, no, even now we believe in reality. We, we will have trust and faith in God that he will get us through this and that he has a plan for this. And that's really the question. Now, it's important to know that God does not give us a test that we do not have the ability to pass. So if God gives us a test, that means that we have the capability to, to pass this test. The famous mushal, the famous parable that the Midrash explains is that God only tests those who are capable. And he uses an example of someone who's selling pottery. And he's selling pottery, and he wants to show a potential customer that this pottery is really good pottery. So he takes the stick, and he gives the pottery a big zest, right? He gives it a big, a big slap with the stick to show that even with that big slap, the pottery can still withstand the slap. The pottery is made high-quality pottery. And so, too. When we are tested, it is a sign from God that we have the capability to pass this test. And the question is, rise to the occasion and believe that God has a plan and we can get through this then. So the, the, um, the interesting thing is, I just saw today in the Daf Yomi, in the daily Amma, the daily, uh, daily uh, Daf, the daily uh, Torah learning of the Talmud that we do, the Talmud tells us the concept of a, um, a Megillus Tainus, that there used to be a book that was written in the, during the late second, second Temple era, so over 2,000 years ago. And in this book, it was written all the days in the Jewish calendar that we are not permitted to fast. Why are we not permitted to fast in those days? So those are days in which we were threatened with annihilation, and God saved us. Since God saved us, they became happy days. Once they were happy days, we're no longer permitted to fast. So this is something that has been happening throughout Jewish history. And I mean, this is a threat of annihilation. I don't mean to go that far. But in terms of being something which is a threatening situation, which is an uncertain situation, we don't know what's going to happen. This is something that has been happening to us throughout our history. And in truth, if you think about it, when did it really explode in America and in the Bay Area? It was right around Purim time that people started getting very nervous. And right now, at least in the Bay Area, in the six counties, what they're saying is that when will the stay shelter in, in, in place, when will it be up? It'll be up on April 7th, which is right before Pesach. So it's really a transition between Purim and Pesach. 
In Purim, the miracle, we all know that the miracle on Purim, the saving from getting annihilated, was a, a hidden saving. It was a saving that happened behind the scenes. But Pesach was obviously the archetype for being the most unveiling of God's presence in this world, in which he completely overturned the rules of nature. So I think it's important to keep in mind whether it's going to be the type of saving that happens in behind the scenes that we get some sort of, a, you know, one of the antimalarial drugs or an antiviral drugs is seen to have great success and we all can, our attention can abate and we can go back to normal living. Or whether, who knows, maybe this is the time for Mashiach to come. Maybe actually we will get there this time. And that would be obviously a miracle in the level of Pesach. But whatever it's going to be, God has a plan. It's important to keep that in mind and actually not just say it in your head and not just say it, give it lip service, but actually feel that and have that should be our emotional reaction to this unsettling time. Okay, so continuing in the book. So based on this idea that he's differentiating between trust and faith, that faith means the esoteric or more abstract sense when you're not actually faced with the struggle, and trust means what happens when the rubber hits the road, he gives a, a really interesting example. The, the Chazonish was very famous for having deep understanding of human nature. So he gives an example that uh, I think hits home, at least for me. What we see in life is people like Ruvay, who was a moral person, always speaking of trust in God, condemning excessive efforts in life. As we said yesterday, there's that balance between the amount of hishtadlus, the amount of effort we are required to put in to making a living, and the amount of hashtachopratis, the amount of divine providence in which God will give us what we need. Now, he always says, you don't have to work that hard. Do whatever the amount of work that one is obligated to do, and God will take care of you and expresses his abhorrence of constant pursuit of financial means, right? So he talks, he talks a big game. Indeed, he is a successful person. He lacks no customers in his store, and he does not need to expend efforts in that direction. He loves the concept of trust in God, because even that concept smiles upon him. It's a lot easier to talk about the fact that we believe in God, and we have faith in God, and we trust in God that he's doing this for our good. It's a lot easier to do that when we perceive that openly as being something that we and everyone around us objectively seems to be a good result. Oh, very easy to say, I believe that God has a plan. Not easier then. And suddenly we are surprised to see Ruben, that great truster in God, conferring secretly with his assistants and consultants as how to stop a potential rival who plans to open a store just like his. Right? So all of a sudden, he's threatened. His peace, his stability, his serenity is threatened. And all of a sudden, the big game that he's talking, uh, sort of uh, not so much anymore. Ruvain is very upset by this threat. At the beginning, he keeps his feelings to himself because he's embarrassed to reveal them to his acquaintances, fearing they're derision. Because in reality, he always talks up, oh, it's all about God. My parnasa, my sustenance comes directly from God. If you really, really believe that, and someone wants to open up a store in the same, in the same city as you, that doesn't get you frightened because God is going to provide for you. But so he's embarrassed to actually let everybody know that he wasn't really such a big Maimon believer, so he keeps it to himself. But with time, he loses his sense of shame and begins to act openly with the aim of preventing the rival from carrying out his plan. Gradually, he gravitates towards the crooked path and his sense of shame evaporates. He openly commits low and deplorable actions in public. The competition between him and his rival becomes widely known and is the talk of the town. And still, he feels no shame but rather comes up with baseless and untrue reasons and explanations in order to justify his actions. He says it's about the principle. It's not about the money. It's not about him. It's about the principle. 
right? And we all know people do this all the time. We have our biases and our biases, our emotional attachments to specific actions and to specific, to the amount of dollars that was coming into our tiller every single month up until now. And now it goes down a little bit. Our reaction is, oh, this is the wrong thing to do. But now we actually justify it. And what happened to our faith in God? Not really there anymore. Over time, it becomes even more sophisticated and has new explanations, claiming that everything he is doing against this rival is for the sake of God and is morally acceptable. It's about the principle. And when someone says it's about the principle, it's never about the principle. He actually fools himself, though, into believing this and fools others as well. Simple people are those who love a good fight. And usually he attracts fight mongers and gossip lovers. Satan creates peace between them all so that they can build a stable fortress of strife and arguments, speaking evil of others, lies, tail-bearing, and baseless hatred, all of which shorten men's lives. Okay? Very, very important thing that he's saying over here. That the very person who may believe that he was a big truster in God, he was able to create this whole legion of people and bring together all these haters. And the negativity goes back and forth and back and forth and builds and builds and builds exponentially, right? And this is even before social media existed, right? So picture how much worse it can be in the age of social media. It is possible to find this negative scenario even in matters that are completely spiritual in certain situations and in ambiguous cases. All the tools of destructive divisiveness appear in these two, just like in other matters, right? So he doesn't hold his punches back at all. He doesn't say, well, there are times when people believe they're acting the shame shemayim for the sake of God. And when that happens, they never do anything wrong. He doesn't say that. People will come to you and say, this is all about the fact that the rabbi of that synagogue, he doesn't know what he's doing, but it's all about God. I care about God. It's not because the rabbi doesn't give me any respect. No, God forbid. It's really because he doesn't appreciate God on the same level that we do. So we have to open up our own minyan, our own show. And reality has nothing to do with God. And his faith in God was never really there. It was an abstract concept. But once again, when the rubber hits the road, was it really there or not? And the question that we all have right now in front of us is, how do we react to this scenario when we now are faced with the scenario and many of us are faced with a loss of income, right? And are faced with, uh, trying times, unfortunately, I think for many people, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to be home with their wife and kids the whole day, or husband and kids, or husband the whole day. And the question really is, how do we react now? What, what do we do? Do we actually put our faith in God? And do we actually say God has a plan and we will get through this? Or do we start getting nervous and emotionally spent and despondent and bad things happen from there? So I hope that uh, we all can try to make it as much of an effort as possible to retain that sense of equanimity and to make sure that we still have our trust in God and just think as much as we can, stay away from that emotional reactions and try to go rational. God has a plan. If he has tested me, I am capable of fulfilling his, his will for me and I am capable of passing that test and choosing to keep my faith. Okay, take care everyone. Hope everyone stays safe and well.